The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Metals, they remain under pressure. That is despite production cuts from companies in the space. And for more on insight into the challenges in the metal market and the outlook for 2024, I'm pleased to say that we're joined now by Robert Friedland. He is Ivanhoe Mines founder and executive co-chairman. Great to have you in person. Let's talk about copper because you take a look at the price of copper. We're around $83,000 or so. We know that we've seen plenty of supply shocks in this market, and it feels like the price has barely budged. Does this come down to a demand story? Goldman Sachs has just published today calling for over $9,000 a ton copper this year. We think copper is making a bottom. I'd be willing to wager on $9,500 a ton before we go down to $7,500 a ton. The, the physical market is very, very tight and now in deficit. And with the Fed likely to cut rates, the dollar-denominated price of copper is likely to go up a lot this year by the middle of the year. Well, let's, let's talk about China, because I don't need to tell you that a lot of the bearish cases for copper, they really come back to sluggish Chinese demand. How does that factor into your pretty bullish view here? It's not true. China consumed more copper last year than any year before. So Chinese demand is still very strong. Everybody knows about the weak real estate market in China which is probably 20 to 25 percent of their economy. But military demand, national security demand, demand for militarization is very high. And so physical offtake is very strong and inventories are extremely low. So really this is like a powder keg ready to explode as soon as the Fed cuts rates in the second half. So a red herring on the Chinese demand. Forget about the Chinese demand. There's India is growing, Europe is growing, the rest of the world is growing, and the demand for ESG and the greening of the world economy remains very strong. All right, I'm going to forget about it for at least a couple of minutes. Let's talk about $15,000, because you joined BTV last month. You made waves by saying that we need a copper price of $15,000 a ton to really stimulate and sustain new investment in copper mines. Of course, copper is at almost half of that price today. What does the road to $15,000 look like? What do we need to happen? We've seen molybdenum go from $1 a pound to $30 a pound. We see metals go crazy when you need them. If somebody is pointing a gun at you, you need that copper to shoot back. You don't do an MPV model. So we see massive military demand. Europe is uh, rearming. Japan is rearming. Taiwan wants to turn into a big porcupine. The United States military is worried about a shortage of 155 millimeter howitzer shells. What do you think the world's army is made out of as all the shooting goes on? And meantime, 
We have a huge amount of humanity that wants to green the world economy, building electric cars, windmills. So everything you touch requires copper metal in the modern economy, including this wonderful studio where we're sitting, mm -hmm. smiling at each other. <laughs> well, Robert, I have to say, I hope I never need copper that badly, but let's assume that we stay around these levels, $83,000 or so. What would that mean for the legacy mines that are in business right now? The legacy mines are in the process of slowly dying. Mm. They're very low grade. They're generating more and more global warming gas per unit of production. Uh, it's really, really difficult to bring a copper mine into production. It usually takes 20 years or so for a tier one mine to be discovered, built, and constructed. And we've had such a long period of time when all the money in the world went into your previous guests, like Netflix or broadband or wireless or really sexy, disruptive technology, and we didn't put money into mining, into basic raw materials. And so this is the revenge of the old economy. Mm -hmm. uh, and suddenly we have a shortage of these metals. And so it's inevitable that the price will rise. It's only a question of when. Well, let's talk a little bit more about those legacy mines. In your words, in the process of slowly dying, what sort of timeline does that play out over? Cadelco, which has been the largest historical producer in Chile, has watched production go down, down, down 10 years in a row. Mm -hmm. So the Chilean mines at a high elevation take large amounts of electrical energy. Their grid is powered by coal. There's a huge amount of global warming gas per unit of copper. What's the point of trying to mine copper to green the world economy if we have to destroy the environment to find that copper? So the problem is there aren't very many places where you can build a green new copper mine to put into your Tesla or your microwave oven or your washing machine. Well, the thinking is that, of course, uh, as we think about that backdrop, that mines are going to increasingly need to be in developed in really tough jurisdictions. Of course, you do have a successful track record there. You think about Mongolia, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. How does that differ, building a mine there versus Australia or the United States, for example? Australia and the United States are very difficult jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. There's no easy uh, mining project anywhere in the world. Uh, you take the Pebble Project in the United States, it's been legislated out of existence by the U.S. government. Uh, the Resolution Project in Arizona has been delayed for 30 years in a permitting dispute with the San Juan Apache Nation. So even in developed societies, it's very difficult to build a mine. From our point of view, we go anywhere on the planet where we see the best ore and the opportunity to produce metal in the greenest possible way. 99% of the electricity in the Democratic Republic of the Congo is hydroelectricity, mm. which enables us to produce the metal with the lowest amount of global warming gas per unit of copper produced. And soon, we'll have differential pricing in metals. The greener the production of the metal, the more the premium, and the dirtier the production of the metal, the greater will have a discount. ABEX Technologies is now starting such a market in Singapore, giving you differential pricing on the ESG characteristics of the metal produced. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your project in Congo, because that produced uh, almost 400,000 tons of mm. copper in 2023. You're also mm. still expanding the mine as well. How could, could it get? How big could it get, rather? We're scheduled to be the third largest copper complex in the world in 2025. 
and we have our sights set for sure on number two with new discoveries. And uh, God willing, it's possible to be number one. There's an enormous endowment of copper metal. Mm. The Congo was the world's largest historical producer of copper until the low-grade copper mines of Chile were invented in the 1960s. And the Congo is now the second largest producer after Chile. This is something new. Mm -hmm. And so um, we think the Congo has the potential in mineral production to be number one, especially since the United States government has uh, sponsored the Lobito Corridor to connect the copper fields of the Congo directly with the ocean through Angola. That Lobito Corridor, which the Biden administration has backed with the G7 nations, is really going to improve the ability to produce copper cheaply and in a green way in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Well, Robert, really hope to check in with you soon. Great to see you on set. That is Robert Freeland of Ivanhoe Mines. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.